Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Cook! I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards, and my producer, Sophie, right before we started recording, called Elon Musk a cuck. So, Elon, if you're listening, you have been accused of being a cuck. Yeah, what's cucking my my libtards or whatever? I don't know. I just... I I hate cuck as an insult, um, but I also really enjoy saying cuck, and I that's a thing I have to hide because people who say cuck on the internet are all of the worst people, and Nate Silver, um, who is one of the worst people, and I choose not to put myself in that category, but it is fun to say cuck. But you can reclaim it, you know what I'm saying? You can reclaim it. Uh, yeah, ref- but I don't want to reclaim it in the context of uh, Elon Musk because he's... No. I don't like him. I haven't seen Robert smile that big in a really long time. <laughs> he likes it when I come on and make him blush, and then yeah, also and talk say about words. cucks. Yeah, he's like, hee hee. <laughs> we have Sophia Alexandra here, you guys. Yeah, Sophia bra- bra- Alexandra. Bra- 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 How you doing, Sophia? I'm, I'm, you know, surviving in a current hell. I'm, yeah. I'm lying. I- I'm spiraling. How about you, Robert? I'm also spiraling. I'm having such a bad day, Sophia. It sounds Me like you too. are too. I'm so not happy to hear that. <laughs> you, you know what will make this day better? Um, are you going to tell me about a bastard that I have been dying to hear about? Yeah, I think we're going to talk about Elon Musk for like two and a half hours. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are As you fucking you know, on board for this I'm shit? I'm obsessed with him and his mm-hmm. inability to be a good father <laughs> and just all of these other things and his, uh, his relationship with Grimes. There aren't things that I won't read about Elon Musk because I find the whole thing 
fascinating. Also, obviously, he's terrible. Yeah, he is. And I don't know. There won't be as much about his kids in here just because I don't like talking about people's kids. And I haven't heard allegations of like abuse or anything like that. Um, so oh, I, I just mean his attitude yeah. on fatherhood. Like he's like, no, I'll be gone forever. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we will be talking about that. We will be talking about we won't be talking about super much about Grimes just because that's all kind of new. But we'll be talking about his relationships with women. We will be talking about a lot of we will be talking too much. About, I wrote 14,000 words about Elon Musk. We're going to be talking too much about him. He's the James Cameron of science. OK, we're like. He... And that that should be James Cameron. <laughs> right. And it's not, yeah. sadly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, you know, from the way that he commits to his movies and how little time he commits to his relationships compared to his movies, that he was like, for sure, a terrible father uh, and husband. And that's why I like Catherine fucking what's her face? Bigelow went and had to make her locker she's like this is less traumatic than my marriage yeah. anyway sorry it's yeah. just the same to me it's the same to me speaking as a career obsessed man who has had a lot of relationship issues for years as a result of being a career obsessed man we're bad people to be in relationships with <laughs> dude i'm here to workaholic i fucking love yeah. you yeah, I mean, you do live in Los Angeles. Um, yep. <laughs> so does Elon Musk. Um, and he always will. All that shit about moving to Texas is horseshit. And in fact, uh, someone just released evidence that the day that he was like talking about maybe moving his plant to Texas, he applied for a bunch of expansions of the factory in California. Like he was always just full of shit and lying. Um, he's great. He loves uh, lying. He does. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know, maybe you'll feel differently. The first episode of this, you're going to wind up kind of sympathetic about him because there are reasons to be sympathetic about him. And I do I don't think. Know. Do you know me? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. He's he's an abuse victim. Um, so, like, that's lame. Um, like, it's not lame I mean, to like, be. Sure. Hitler had a tough for a while with his art. Like, I don't know. What are we doing here? I mean, it's Hitler's mom's cancer that really gets tugs at the heartstrings. But yeah, I mean, yes, that's is the that point. what we're like, doing. Just saying things that are normal that have happened to bad people. Not normal, but bad things that have happened to bad people. What, what I want is for people to hate bad people for the right reasons. And I do think some of the reasons Elon Musk gets shit um, are the wrong reasons, and there are so many really good things to give him shit about that I, I want to make sure everyone is giving him shit for the proper reasons. You want to direct the hate. I want to direct the hate towards things that 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 deserve your hate, and in, in the, within the same person, which maybe is being too picky, um, but this is what I do for some reason. For some fucking reason. <laughs> Nobody asked asked me to do this, but I do it. <laughs> I just want to tell you that I'm pretty sure I hate him for all of the quote unquote yeah. right reasons. But there's a lot I'm of those. Also, pretty fucking petty. So there's probably we'll some shit in there that I do not need to hate him for. Well, th th this will be good because I will try to be scrupulously fair as I outline why he's a piece of shit, and you will not give a fuck about that, and just and that will that will please both of the segments of people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> Um, I love coming on because every time yeah. I connect with some of your listeners who I love and then other mm -hmm. people on Reddit are like, I wish she would just kill herself. I yeah. would eat her heart, piss on Re her fucking grave. That's me every week. 
I would yeah. say Reddit's Reddit's part of the ninety percent of the internet or so that we never should have made. But speaking about things that never should have been made, let's let's talk about Elon Musk. Yeah, great transition. So Smooth. I I did not want to do an episode about Elon Musk, um, and I still kind of don't. Um, although I changed my mind on that over the course of the episode, and my attitude on him for most of the time I've known about him has been, it's bad to be a billionaire, uh, and I know that he did a, some messed up stuff to get where he has has gotten but also his businesses are things that i broadly support like electric cars are are good space travel i i think is good and and should be easier um and i i do think actually i so people will disagree about this we'll talk about this a little at the end i think there are things that are positive about spacex um so like it was one of those things where it was like of all the people in the world like yeah i think he's shitty and lame but like why am i gonna go after him in particular and having spent an entire week reading everything i can about elon musk i now feel very comfortable talking about him for three hours uh i don't know i just didn't want to do this for a long time and i guess what what finally pushed me over the edge was his reaction to the coronavirus um and it was like after weeks so i don't know if you've been following elon on twitter during this but for weeks he called fears over the coronavirus dumb um he initially when it first hit predicted that like it, it the panic was stupid and that it was going to be like a nothing burger and then obviously it shut down the entire world so he was wrong on that prediction then he predicted that we would be at no new cases by the end of april by the end of april like a couple thousand people a day were dying in the united states so <laughs> we're not 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 he was not right on that either um and then he went like kind of straight up into maga on twitter with like tweeting free america now in all caps and like very studiously reopening his alameda county tesla factory which by the way is considered one of the most dangerous factories in the united states um and a number yeah. of his workers protested and said like he should be in prison for the safety standards here yeah it's cool. Uh, it's it's pretty great that mm -hmm. you know we've been talking about how we're spiraling, but like honestly, compared to that, are we, Robert? No, we're doing great. I've never been so freaked out by reality that I abandon it in favor of something insane like MAGA. Yeah, it's like it's it's and super weird. Slogans like "Free America" that yeah. do not relate to the complex yeah. realities of a virus or a pandemic. It's remarkable to me how weak a person you have to be to not be able to handle this as a billionaire. Like, <laughs> it's it's really just get Do on you your fucking have a yacht, home. With like eight top Tony Robbinses on it that can fucking yeah. set you right. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like it's it. This should be fine. Um, but no, it's not for Elon. Uh, the same month that he tweeted all of that stupid bullshit, uh, he tweeted that Tesla's stock price was too high, which instantly cut $14 billion from the company's value in a matter of minutes because the stock market totally makes sense. Uh, this really <laughs> pissed off a lot of his most loyal followers who were all like, his, his, his mentions for days were people being like, you just tanked the value of my portfolio. What the hell, Elon? <laughs> and there are suspicions. I don't think there's possible to confirm this, but people have suspected that he did this because uh, essentially the way that like fucking stocks work he was about to have like temporarily tanking the value of tesla reduced his tax burden basically like he did that to save some money on taxes which is like illegal but also the kind of illegal that like nobody ever really gets in trouble for um but also yeah. the kind of selfish that is so remarkable yeah that you would rather hurt every single investor in your company yeah <laughs> then then 
to just fucking take it on the chin and pay taxes when billionaires yeah. paying taxes is good for the world. It's it's cool. And again, those are uh, suspicions that people have voiced and not something that we can prove because Elon Musk has many lawyers. Uh, I want to be clear when we when we state other people's suspicions, we are not stating an objective fact. Um, no one knows why he tweeted that dumb thing that tanked the value of his stock. That is one suspicion. Um, he also tweeted, quote, I am selling almost all physical possessions will own no house. Uh, and he quickly followed up by noting that his girlfriend Grimes was mad at him for this. And then he did list all of his mansions. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's like, he talks about, is that like a weird flex? What is that supposed to be? Yeah, you know, it's a thing. I read this book, uh, about Elon Musk that we'll talk about a little bit more later, like a biography about him that was published in 2015 for this. And in it, like the biographer, Ashley Vance notes that like he travels around all the time. Like he'll spend like two days in LA, two days in San Francisco. And like when he goes to San Francisco, he usually will just crash at a friend's house on their couch. And like the way it's related is that like, he's just this kind of obsessive workaholic who doesn't care about material things, but it's like, no, the friend that you're crashing at is like the founder of Google. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you're not like chilling in like your buddy's like studio apartment <laughs> like, like the couch is your own guest mansion yeah yeah like or if it is a couch it is a seventy thousand dollar couch like it is a couch with that that is worth more than some cities <laughs> like <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, several days after tweeting that he was selling all of his earthly possessions, uh, his, I, I think still girlfriend Grimes gave birth to the couple's first child together and like Musk's sixth or seventh kid. Um, he went viral again when he announced that the boy's name would be X A E A 12. And that is not how he says it's supposed to be pronounced. I don't care. It's a dumb name for a baby. The state of California agrees it's a dumb name for a baby, and they have uh, signaled that it is not an acceptable name under state health codes. Um, so that's cool. We'll see how that works out. I'm sure he'll find a way to get his his stupid way on this. Um, although he says it was Grimes' decision, which maybe it was. I don't think she makes great decisions either. <laughs> I mean, she ha is having his baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clearly not the best decision-making process. He's, yeah. again, as I've mentioned, already has like a billion kids he doesn't care about. Yeah, I don't know. So the thing that like really set me off, like all of this is very silly and it it's silly in general that a man with this much wealth spends any time at all on Twitter because you shouldn't like you you just shouldn't like none of us should but you especially shouldn't if you can buy a yacht um and before anybody who follows musk had any chance to really digest all of this shit or stop laughing about it uh musk dropped another bombshell when he tweeted take the red pill alongside a red rose emoji now at various points in time on Twitter, Musk has identified himself as a socialist without really explaining what he means by that. So this might have been him talking about democratic socialism, but it probably wasn't. Um, I think anyone listening knows like what red pill means on the far right. Uh, and Musk was immediately embraced by the worst people on the Internet, including Ivanka Trump, who, quote, tweeted him. Uh, Lily Wachowski, one half of the duo responsible for in coming up with the term red pill that was the them, best reply yeah yeah told them both to go fuck themselves so all of this made me go okay i gotta fucking write about elon musk like we gotta we gotta do this um, i've been watching the while and yeah. out too and i've been like just it's reminding me of kind of the kanye breakdown yeah where like, where like the line between eccentricity and just like becoming a bad person has becoming a little like 
more blurred for them than it ever has been. And people are trying to, there's very few stands who are still around. We're like, no, 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 100% probably still means good in, yeah. in the background. But it's it's telling that when people like Ivanka Trump retweet you and support you and you don't say anything like. And you don't say no, fuck you. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's on you. You know, if people misinterpreted it, that's on you to set it. Yeah. To be like, no, not these people. Um, yeah. yeah. And I I can't say if Elon's in the process of, I don't know, embracing the alt right or like going full MAGA or if he's just shit posting because he does that all of the time. Um, yeah. Uh, in a Business Insider interview that came out today, which was actually written by the woman who wrote the biography that we'll refer to regularly in this episode, uh, he stated that he makes a lot of stupid tweets. He did, he did own that, but he didn't specify which tweets were stupid, which is kind of like the most cowardly way to acknowledge that you tweet a bunch of dumb shit. Um, he also stated that Twitter was a valuable way for him to engage with his fans without a filter, which is not true of anyone who has ever had fans. Um, there's no value in Twitter. And Everyone should exactly stop. exactly what Trump says to, uh, to justify yeah. his Twitter presence. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, now, when it comes to analyzing whether or not Elon Musk is a bastard, um, and that doesn't, like, obviously, I think it's unethical to be a billionaire, but I don't think, like, every billionaire doesn't deserve to have a behind the bastards, because most of them, like, I, I still don't even know if I'm going to write one about Bezos, because it would just wind up being, like, a list of bad Amazon practices, but I think he's pretty boring. I don't know. Maybe I will one day. Um but like you, ha- there has to be like you have to be interestingly shitty to qualify for this show, um, and I I do think Elon qualifies now. Now that I understand him better, now. I should start by noting that most of our information on him comes from uh, Elon himself or his close family members, most of whom have financial ties to Elon. So there is a dearth of objective information, particularly about his early life. Um, And the other chunk of information we have from his early adulthood on comes from people who dislike him for one reason or another. So it's hard to get objective sources about this guy. Uh, And as a result, there are two competing Elons that appear if you study his life story. And so the Elon that his fans tend to see is the awkward genius driven manically to save the world and so obsessed with this goal that he fails to understand the needs or cater to the feelings of normal people. Um, and it's usually sort of like, but it's okay because he's really so brilliant like and trying a, to like save the world. So is like a Sheldon from Bing Bang? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Big, it, it, Big Bang Theory kind of No one has syndrome. benefited, I will say no human being has benefited more from our Hollywood-induced misunderstanding of autism than Elon Musk. Um like he 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 has been the primary beneficiary of that. <laughs> it, it's cool. Um, it's not. Uh, yeah. Uh, so just the, and so the other view of him is that he's just another sociopathic billionaire asshole who treats human beings that make his wealth possible like a fifteen-year-old boy treats Kleenex. Um, That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, an optimist. Yeah. Uh, the main source for this episode is a book titled Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and the Quest for a Fantastic Future by Ashley Vance. Uh, it was published in 2015, so this was before Musk's social media presence made him problematic to a lot of people who'd either liked him or tolerated him quietly before. Uh, it is a broadly positive book, and it verges on fawning when it talks about Tesla and SpaceX technology. Um, but it's not entirely positive in its evaluation of Elon himself and is very critical about him at a number of points. 
Um, when the book was published, Musk took to Twitter to complain about stories other people had told about him that he disagreed with. Um, but he also continued to do interviews with Ashley Vance, so he's obviously not that angry. Um, Elon did cooperate with the book, and the story behind how that came to be is deeply revealing about his personality. Um, so he learned that Vance was working on his biography early in the process, and um, I'm just going to quote Ashley now, writing about how that inter- introduction went. I'd informed him of my plans to write a book about him, and he'd informed me of his plans not to cooperate. His rejection stung, but thrust me into dogged reporter mode. If I had to do this book without him, so be it. Plenty of people had left Musk's companies, Tesla Motors and SpaceX, and would talk, and I already knew a lot of his friends. The interviews followed one after another, month after month, and 200 or so people into the process, I heard from Musk once again. He called me at home and declared that things could go one of two ways. He could make my life very difficult, or he could help with the project after all. He'd be willing to cooperate if he could read the book before it went to publication and could add footnotes throughout it. <laughs> wow. The balls on him. Yeah, yeah. He's you like, s- um, he- only if I have total approval of everything you say about me, would that be cool with you artistically, integrity-wise, as a writer, as a journalist? What do you think? It's even more frustrating than that. Uh, he would not meddle with my text, but wanted the chance to set the record straight in spots he deemed factually inaccurate. So he wanted, he didn't want to just, he didn't want to be, have to be able to approve her text. He wanted to be able to basically write his own biography alongside her biography that argued with it. <laughs> Such an actually guy move. I can't even. Uh, it it's, really is. He's like a reply guy to the million. Theory. Yeah. Like it's one of those things. I I I entered this project being like, I don't know if this guy's going to be really interesting enough to do an episode about. And once I read that part of the introduction, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Like, yeah, the because like, that kind of says everything about him as a human being, really. Um, so yeah, being a journalist, uh, Vance said no, and this is partly because she feared that he'd write dozens of pages of footnotes that would crowd out the actual biography itself, which is almost certainly true, uh, and partly because, in her words, quote, Musk has his version of the truth, and it's not always the version of the truth that the rest of the world shares. Um, now, to Elon's credit, when Vance stood her ground and agreed to, co- he agreed to cooperate with the book anyway. Ashley says that he's the kind of person who respects it when people around him set strong boundaries and hold firm in their convictions. Um, of course, when the book came out and it included anecdotes about Elon that he did not like, he took to Twitter to provide his own footnote. So he is absolutely the guy that um, he you think he is. Uh, we're going to get into Musk's early life in a second, uh, but before we do, I want to read one more segment from Ashley's introduction. This moment comes during the first dinner she and Elon shared after he agreed to cooperate with her project. Quote, Two and a half hours after he started, Musk put his hands on the table, made a move to get up, and then paused, locked eyes with me, and busted out that incredible question, do you think I'm insane? The oddity of the moment left me speechless for a beat, with my every synapse fired trying to figure out if this was some sort of riddle, and, if so, how should it be answered artfully? It was only after I'd spent lots of time with- That is just so terrifying- yeah. If I was interviewing a man, <laughs> he, he said that to me, I would be terrified. Sophie, terrifying? Horrifying. You have a real responsibility just as like a dude and also as a as a dude who has any kind of prominence and I don't have the same kind of prominence that Musk does, but I I I I do regularly wind up in situations where like I'm well known by a lot of the people there. You have like a real responsibility to not creep people out. Um, like a moral responsibility, uh, especially if you're like clearly have more power in a situation than the other person. Um, and yeah, that is definitely a creepy way to react or way to act. It would make me feel so unsafe. Yeah. And, uh, 
I, I, I want to read the rest of what Ashley says here because it's telling. It was only after I'd spent lots of time with Musk that I realized the question was more for him than me. Nothing I said would have mattered. Musk was stopping one last time and wondering aloud if I could be trusted and then looking into my eyes and make and to make his judgment. And it's weird because she clearly likes the guy, but also like it, the question was more for him than me. Nothing I said would have mattered. I, I kind of wonder about Vance because like that's not the thing you write about someone that you think is a good person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing I said would have mattered to him. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what a cool, cool guy. Putting people through tests is definitely like a thing. Yeah. I mean, I do that a lot, um, mainly by lying about the band Hanson. So that's, you know, <laughs> none, of, none of us are perfect. Uh, yeah. So let's go back in time and talk about Elon's ancestors. Uh, his great grandfather and his namesake was John Elon Haldeman, who was born in Illinois in 1872. Haldeman got hitched and started a life in Minnesota. Uh, he gave birth to Elon's grandfather, Joshua Norman Haldeman, in 1902. John kicked the bucket early in 1907 after the family moved to Canada. And so Elon's grandfather grew up a citizen of that much better country. Joshua was an adventurous lad into horseback riding, wrestling, and a lot of good stuff. And he's a big inspiration to Elon because of what like an adventurous cool guy he was uh, he started his career breaking horses for farmers and competing in rodeos and then he moved to Iowa to get a degree from D.D. Palmer School of Chiropractic who we did an episode about um yeah, he went back home afterwards and became a farmer. He didn't start working as a chiropractor immediately, but then the Depression hit and his land was seized, and this convinced him that banks could not be trusted. Uh, Joshua had a rough few years, but eventually started working as a chiropractor, and he made a lot of money. He married a dance instructor named Winifred, and he bought his own plane, which he used to take his growing family on adventurous vacations. In 1950, Joshua sold everything his family owned and moved to South Africa. Now... I have not heard from anyone a really satisfying explanation of why he did this. And everybody talks about Joshua as if he was an awesome person, and he is a big inspiration to Elon Musk. But there is something shady about this guy. Um, Ashley Vance notes that he was, quote, a man who forbade swearing, smoking, Coca-Cola, and refined flour, and that he moved to South Africa because, quote, he felt that the moral character of Canada had started to decline. So no one says anything about what Joshua believed R.E. race. He thought Canada was too immoral in 1950 and moved to South Africa. D put some, do some math. <laughs> He's like, what I'm totally cool with is yeah. systematic oppression and racism. Yeah. What I am doubtful about is yeah. how much ankle these ladies in Canada are showing. Yeah. Now, he spent all of his time in Africa taking constant plane trips with his family. He would take all of his, like, kids on these, like, very adventurous rides across the continent and to other continents and stuff. And um, there's a lot of – he wrote a book about it. There's He was, like – he's, he's like, the family's famous, like, patron of the family. Um, and Elon never knew him. He died when Elon was, like, a baby um, in a plane crash because he hit some shit because he was flying like an asshole, I guess. Um but so like you can like Elon grew up never knowing the guy, but worshiping him because everyone in his family was always telling stories about how cool he was. Um, and he that's obviously like he's he was Elon's namesake. So this is like a really important thing to him. But also Elon never knew the guy. Um, so that's interesting. So uh, May Musk, uh, Elon's mother, and obviously that um, that cool, probably a gigantic racist plain dude's uh, daughter, um, is noted as having been a, a, a nerdy, beautiful woman. Uh, she worked as a model. She still actually works as a model. Um, and she was a finalist for Miss South Africa. Uh, Elon's father... 
the man she married was Errol Musk, and he grew up near May. Uh, the two dated off and on for a while, and May pushed off constant requests by Errol that she marry him. Eventually, she says, he broke her will. Quote, he just never stopped proposing. So That is so romantic. Oh my I God. Know, he I know, wore her I down know. persistently? Oh, yeah. I just want someone to ignore my wishes over and over and over and over and over and over again until I just succumb. I mean, that's, is there any other way to make it with a woman but hitting on her relentlessly until you break her? <laughs> I want her will and her spirit to be broken. Oh my gosh. I I want a locket that says will and a locket that says spirit and them both to have bones smashed. in them. Just smashed. Just yeah. smashed. Yeah. I don't know. You know what won't break your will and spirit, Sophia? Is it these goods and services? These goods and services respect consent. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
We're back. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, obviously some red flags at the start of Elon's parents' marriage. Uh, this is something I think even Elon would agree with. Um, but the first few years of the marriage were fine enough. The couple got pregnant immediately. Uh, he was born like nine months and a couple of days after they got married. Um, so they did not waste any time. Uh, May gave birth to Elon on June 28th, 1971, nine months and two days after the wedding. Yeah. Uh, Vance notes that Errol, quote, worked as a mechanical and electrical engineer and handled large projects such as office buildings, retail complexes, residential subdivisions, and an Air Force base. Well, May set up a practice as a dietitian. This is not inaccurate, but it is weirdly incomplete. She does not talk enough about Errol. There's some good reasons why you wouldn't, but also it leaves out, I think, a very important aspect of the story that she she doesn't deny, but she also does not talk about nearly enough to the level of importance I think it has. The Musks were extremely wealthy. Uh, not only was May's family very comfortable, but Errol owned a half share a half share in a fucking emerald mine. Um, and how he came to own half of an emerald mine is really interesting. Um, he later told an interviewer, quote, we were very wealthy. We had so much money at times that we couldn't even close our safe. Uh, one person would have to shove the money in and the other would slam the door shut. And then there'd still be all these notes sticking out and we'd sort My of God, pull them out and into our pockets. They're just like us. Hashtag yeah, they're relatable. just like us. Yeah. Now, the story of how Errol came to own that emerald mine is real fucking shady. He claims, because I've read his claims, and also he is not a reliable narrator, so it's possible that all of this is a lie, which I do think is part of why Ashley Vance didn't include a lot that he said in there. Um, but he says that he and a friend were on a trip flying their own plane to, and, and they landed in Djibouti. And like when they were walking around, they met who he, uh, he met. They met who he describes as quote a group of Italians who just wanted to buy a plane, and they paid eighty thousand pounds in cash. And while they were paying, Errol says one of them was just like, "Hey, you want to buy half of an emerald mine in Zambia?" <laughs> and <laughs> so. <laughs> He says, quote, I said, oh, all right. So I became half owner of the mine and we got emeralds for the next six years. Just regular rich people shit. (laughs) Just Just regular shit. Just chill ass rich people convos. Say, you want half this emerald mine? Yeah, this is something you'll see brought up a lot, particularly by kind of like left wing critics of Musk on Twitter. They'll say that Elon Musk's dad, like this is uh, one quote, Elon Musk's dad stole an emerald mine in Zambia and exploited the natives for cheap labor, which might be true. Probably is true, but there just actually aren't any details about the mine, about its conditions, about how he came to really own it, about, like, like we just don't know fucking anything really about that mine, other than his claim that a group of Italians randomly asked if he wanted to buy into it with his plane money. Um, so <laughs> I do have to say, it does sound like a villain origin story, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, almost certainly a really shady story there, but we really know very little about it. Um, I would love to see a deep dive into what the fuck happened with that emerald mine, but I have not run into any hard evidence about it. Um, Now, we do know that Errol Musk was a millionaire before the age of 30, uh, and that his wealth allowed him to move the family into a very nice house in an exclusive whites-only neighborhood in Pretoria. 
as a toddler, uh, Elon was precocious. His mom felt that he was unusually intelligent, which I'm sure most moms feel, but it's also probably true. Uh, Vance writes, quote, the perplexing thing was that Elon seemed to drift off into a trance at times. People spoke to him, but nothing got through when he had a certain distant look in his eyes. This happened so often that Elon's parents and, doc- and doctors thought that he might be deaf. Sometimes he just didn't hear you, said May. Doctors ran a series of tests on Elon and elected to remove his adenoid glands, which can improve hearing in children. Well, he did. I got it didn't my change. adenoids removed too. Yeah, they. So I'm like, just like Elon Musk. I also yeah. hate. No, I'm just. I'm not gonna go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It is one of those things where, like, yeah, your a mom, your mom talking about how smart you are is always weird, but like, like, is always like, who knows how credible that is? But also, something was clearly like he's clearly not like wasn't a normal kid. Like, you don't just have give your kid surgery because they space out uh, because they're just like a normal. Like, he was definitely like you know, like different, um, and that that seems to be not just like myth building, right? Um, so I yeah, mean, they- I had them removed because I have ear, had constant ear infections. Maybe that just wasn't like a sexy and origin story. Maybe yeah. they were like, "Yeah, he. We don't want to talk about all the ear infections he got. Let's make this something yeah, more yeah, mystical." Yeah. Maybe they're all lying. I don't know. I don't know. But he, um, yeah, it, I don't know. And the women, like his ex-wife, says that he would also do this. Like this is like he just kind of like blanks out and gets lost inside himself all the time. Um, I don't know. It's just a thing he does. Uh, May claims that she eventually realized Elon was just going into his own little world. And, you know, again, her angle is like he's just so brilliant that he's thinking so hard about things. Um, It's definitely true that it did not make him popular among his classmates. Uh, Quote, you could do jumping jacks right next uh, right beside Musk or yell at him and he would not even notice. He kept right on thinking and those around him judged that he was either rude or really weird. I do think uh, Elon was always a little different, but in a nerdy way, May said it didn't endear him to his peers. And this is another running thing in Elon's childhood that he had like no friends um he, he later had close relationships with like his brother and sister and his cousins but they didn't even really like him all that much when he was a kid because he was just like weird um he was bad at um you know you feel for the kid actually like when you read enough about him because he was clearly like off in his own little world and he took a lot of shit for it um, which I identify with because so was I. Um, he spent every spare moment of his childhood reading books, sometimes two in a single day, and he would like ignore other people to read books. I um, did that. Yeah, I did that too. Like a lot of what, like I, and I got shit for it. Like I was always reading books and stuck in my own little world. And like, until I was bigger than everybody else, like I got like, like, I like punched in stuff as a kid for that shit. And Elon did too. And it sucked. And I sympathize with him for that. That's a lame thing to have to deal with. Uh, he went through fantasy classics like The Lord of the Rings, but soon gravitated towards science fiction. Uh, he lists the libertarian epic The Moon is a Harsh Mistress and The Great uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy as influential books, which I also uh, I love read at that age. Same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he also just read a lot of encyclopedias. Um, this made Elon into a know-it-all, uh, the kind of kid who kind of felt the need to compulsively inform everyone around him uh, that he thought they were wrong about specific facts, and he he was unable or unwilling to not do this even when it caused him shit. Uh, and I'm going to quote from Ashley Vance's book now. 
As a youngster, Elon's constant yearning to correct people in his abrasive manner would put off other kids and added to his feelings of isolation. Elon genuinely thought that people would be happy to hear about the flaws in their thinking. Kids don't like answers like that, said May. They would say, Elon, we are not playing with you anymore. I felt very sad as a mother because I think he wanted friends. Kimball and Tosca, his brother and sister, would bring home friends and Elon wouldn't, and he would want to play with them, but he was awkward, you know? May urged Kimball and Tosca to include Elon. They responded as kids will. But mom, he's not fun. <laughs> yeah i was I mean, fun too for quite a bit yeah and it's like it's like if you're thinking about it in the context of like he grew into this problematic adult it's funny but if you think about like just as a little kid like yeah that sucks and like he hadn't done anything bad at that point he was a little kid and oh i'm seems, not laughing at yeah. him i'm just yeah. laughing at how cruel it is to be a kid yeah it is. It sucks. Like being a kid is the worst thing you can be. Um, I mean, dude, I got bullied heavy. It's not like I'm out yeah. here symp- sympathizing with the bullies. No. I'm just saying, I think we all know that feeling when yeah. people will not yeah. fuck with you. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Um, and, you know, it he, it got worse for Elon. When he was still a boy, his parents divorced and his mother moved across the country to the family's holiday home on the East Coast. Uh, the cause appears to have been infidelity by Errol, who years later told interviewers, I had a very pretty wife, but there were always prettier younger girls. I really loved May, but I screwed up. And Even also, when he's saying he's screwed up, he's dogging her. He's well, like, yeah, but she was kind of ugly. They were better looking people. I, I should also note that um, that interview I found was written about him after he married his stepdaughter, who was, I think, 22 when he was 60 something and had a baby with her. Ew. He's a gross guy. That. He Woody Allender, yeah. huh? He is a terrible person. Elon Musk hates his dad and is emphatic that he is a terrible person. Um, and I, I think he's really telling the truth about that. I think he hates his dad for a very good reason because his dad is a gigantic piece of shit. Um, it's yeah. Disgusting. Uh, yeah, Elon went with his mom uh, at first, but he soon decided to move back in with his father, and he says that this is because he felt bad for his dad, because his dad was alone. Um, Elon's ex-wife, Justine, feels differently. She says that she thinks this is because he, quote, identified more with the alpha male of the house, and wasn't... He, she also notes, though, that he wasn't close to either of his parents, that they were a very cold family, and that there wasn't a lot of, like emotional warmth between anyone in the family that's justine's claim as his ex-wife again i don't know any of these people um yeah either way elon claims that he immediately regretted moving in with his father now uh errol was i think by all accounts a brilliant engineer nobody really disagrees with that and he taught young elon a lot of his first lessons about engineering and science but this was not a pleasant process errol had a habit of sitting elon and his brother down and lecturing them to three or for three or four hours at a stretch he did not take questions and did not react well when either boy spoke up even to ask questions uh (laughs) yeah he's He's a monster he's a piece of shit press uh, conference yeah (laughs) There are a lot of unanswered questions about Errol Musk, and one can't study Elon's background without walking away convinced that the way Errol treated Elon during the years they lived together had a powerful and a negative impact on the future billionaire. But parsing out the extent of that impact is hard. For example, we know that Errol Musk killed three men who broke into his house. Um, We know that some people have said that this was just a straight-up murder. It was, he was acquitted and the case was ruled self-defense. And I don't know, but I think they were black. I don't know, though. I do not know. It is hard to find. I have not found details. If you know how to fucking search up old South African murder cases, look it up. But while Elon and his sister were, like, living with him, Errol Musk fucking killed three dudes. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
That's such a chill childhood, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's also possible that that was like, he's a piece of shit, but also this was totally legitimate self-defense because South Africa has a real, has a lot of fucking problems with home invasions that yeah. turn violent. Like what, I don't know what happened. Um, Elon does not like to talk about it. And I understand that. Um, and you get the feeling he is terrified of his dad. And also you get the feeling that he fucking should be. <laughs> like, uh, Errol Musk's a real problematic dude. Um, now, yeah, I just don't know much about that case. Uh, yeah, so uh, while he did grow up in apartheid South Africa, uh, and he absolutely benefited from that racist state, he absolutely, like, his family was very wealthy, um, and they were wealthy at least in part due to apartheid, and Elon benefited from that, I do not think there is any blame you can throw on him for that, because he was, number one, hated living in South Africa, um, this is a very consistent aspect of his backstory. Everyone who knew him points out that he was deeply connected to his American roots and for his entire childhood wanted to get the fuck out of South Africa and move to the United States. He repeatedly tried to convince his father to move to the U.S. At one point, Errol got frustrated enough by this that he sent all of the housekeepers home and made Elon do all of their chores so that he would know what it was like to, quote, play American. Um which tells you what Errol Musk thought it meant to be an American. It means that you can't have any black people working for you. Um, oh, the horror having to do your own laundry yeah. is what he was trying to teach yeah. him. He's like, yeah. imagine what it would be like if you were yeah. just a person. Yeah, and the Elon Musk, like, again, it's very worthwhile to point out that he benefited financially from apartheid, but also, like, he fucking hated it there. Um, and that's really consistent in every story about his background. Uh, for his part, Errol claims Elon's upbringing was opulent and thoroughly positive. Quote, I drove them to school in a convertible Rolls Royce Corniche. Uh, they had thoroughbred horses to ride and motorbikes at the age of 14. They were spoilt, I suppose. Maybe that's why Elon is acting like a spoilt child now. And this was been they were having a big public fight in the press. Um, now, Ashley Vance's book All But Ignores Errol and His Side of Events, which conflict regularly with Elon's own recollections. For example, Elon claims that his youthful interest in computers clashed with his father, who thought studying computers was a waste of time. Uh, Errol disagrees with that, and I'm going to quote now from an interview in the New Zealand Herald. Uh, this is Errol. Elon has repeatedly told a story of me telling him that computers were a waste of time. That's untrue. Recounting early signs of his son's intellect with genuine pride, he continues, Elon has been generous enough to admit that he inherited his scientific genius from me. When he was 11, he pestered me to pay a huge sum to let him attend a computer course where the first, with the first IBM PC with mouse and keyboard was to be presented for the first time. Groundbreaking stuff. I told him to be quiet and well-behaved, to give up his seat to someone if necessary, and to sit on the step at the side of the stage. When I came back after two hours to collect him, I found most people had left but a group had gathered at the foot of the stage. In the center was my small son, his sleeves rolled up, talking earnestly. A professor listening to him turned to me and said, this boy needs to get one of these computers. I think Elon's probably closer to telling the truth in that his dad was a dick about this, but also now that his son has wound up being very successful, Errol wants everyone to think that Elon is a genius because of how it reflects on Errol. That's the feeling I get reading a lot of both men. That's how I interpret all this. You were really identifying really strongly with Elon, and I, it's, I, I've never seen you like this about any bastard. Are you in love? I, no, I just, as a kid, number one, he and I Sophie, had some similarities Sophie, have you ever seen him kids. like this? Well, you know, his, it's I think he's blushing. Up. Look like, at him. No, 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 no. You, you gotta give the, you gotta be fair. 
I've seen right? him like this. Yeah. You know somebody Fair is, is one thing, f- but in love. <laughs> but you know somebody's super fucked up when Robert does that weird giggle thing when he's like, yes. he's like, and then he did that. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh shit, that that's some dark shit. And yeah, I mean, it, he's, ex- he's 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 setting the stage for what's it's happening. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, he's going to, he's not going to deserve any of this sympathy, but also, like, he had a fucked up childhood and he gets some sympathy as a result of that. Um, oh, I'm not saying you shouldn't. Yeah. I'm just saying I've never seen you like this. Yeah, most of them don't have, most of the bastards don't have this sympathetic a backstory. You know, they're not all like Saddam Hussein, who was like a perfect uh, flower child um, and who you really root for as a little kid when he's holding his teachers up at gunpoint. Um, or Jay Stahl. <laughs> oh, I love little kid Stalin. He was he was a good one, too. Like, I don't know. It's hard not to read about kids in general and not be sympathetic. Like, they all reach a point where they stop earning your sympathy, but like... They all, at some point, were just, like, fucking trying to figure out the world. I don't know. I feel like uh, the only way we can live in this world is if we think that people are capable of change, whether it's little kids or adults. Yeah. And with little kids, there's a sense that there's more potential for change than at any other time, so... I Yeah, and I also do feel that if you're going to properly condemn someone for the bad things they've done, you have to be very fair about their life and about like what they actually are. Um, and at this point in the story, Elon's like a little kid with a crazy, abusive, violent dad. Yeah, um, And he's a rich kid, but like, fuck, that's not easy still. Um, now, obviously, uh, yeah. Errol paints himself as generally available and a supportive dad who at worst overindulged his children. Elon and his brother Kimball both tell very different stories. And I'm going to quote from the uh, uh, Ashley Vance's biography again. While Elon and Kimball declined to provide an exact recounting, they clearly experienced something awful and profound during those years with their father. They both talk about having to endure some form of psychological torture. He definitely has serious chemical stuff, said Kimball, which I am sure Elon and I have inherited. It was a very emotionally challenging upbringing, but it made us who we are today. May bristled when the subject of Errol came up. Nobody gets along with him, she said. He is not nice to anyone. I don't want to tell stories because they are horrendous. You know, you just don't talk about it. There are kids and grandkids involved. And Justine, his ex-wife, notes that, like, they agreed very early on that none of their kids were going to know their grandpa. Um, so, like, that's the guy we're dealing with here. Um, that's the, but there's also, that's the, that's yeah. the laugh. So, when Ashley Vance told Elon that uh, she had emailed his father, his answer to her was very telling. Quote, it would certainly be accurate to say that I did not have a good childhood. It may sound good. It was not absent of good, but it was not a happy childhood. It was like misery. He's good at making life miserable. That's for sure. He can take any situation, no matter how good it is, and make it bad. He is not a happy man. I think that could probably be true of actually Elon Musk himself, honestly. But um, that is what happens. Child abuse will fuck you up for life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But you know what won't fuck you up for life, Sophia? These goods and services? These products and services will not abuse your children and turn them into billionaires who are emotionally distant and start fucking nonsense shit on Twitter for no good reason. <laughs> the evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. 
Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. We're back. <laughs> that was some of your best work, I have to say. Thank you. So, um, now, uh, you've heard the Emeralds story, right? You've heard it vaguely mentioned, something about Elon Musk and Emeralds in his pockets? Yes. Again, it's just such yeah. super villain stuff. I love it. Yeah, yeah. If you 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 heard this a lot that like Elon's family was so and like his dad owned half of an emerald mine. Um, people like the phrase you'll usually hear is that he like walked around with emeralds in his pockets. And that anecdote is based on a Business Insider article that interviewed Errol Musk. It opens with the line, "Quote: A teenage Elon Musk once walked the streets of New York with emeralds in his pocket." Uh, and the story Errol tells that does seem to be true is that during a visit to New York City when Elon was sixteen, he and his brother uh, stole a couple of the emeralds that his dad just like casually had with him all the time uh, and they walked into a Tiffany and company on um, Fifth Avenue and asked if the employees wanted to buy emeralds and apparently you can do that apparently if you walk into Tiffany's with just like a fucking emerald they'll they'll buy it from you from like some 16 ch- year olds wait 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 <laughs> like now you can still do that or is this I, like old school fucking mobbed up Tiffany's like what uh, yeah this is the like deal? the late 80s I guess so maybe it's mobbed up Tiffany's yeah it does seem like legally you shouldn't buy emeralds from 16 year olds who walk in off the street <laughs> i mean on the other hand there won't be any paperwork yeah like, what's yep. a 16 year old gonna do <laughs> yeah i don't know the standards in this industry that seems shady to me we're like oh yeah. what what's what are the ethics in the uh, and the complexities and the realities of selling a loose emerald you just brought with you from your dad's <laughs> mine what are any of the words that are coming out of my mouth right now yeah like it it simultaneously highlights how rich this kid was but also is like 
honestly, when you understand his background with his dad, one of the more emotionally understandable things that he did, because he was just like, fuck you, dad, I'm going to take your emeralds and I'm going to like probably buy fucking drugs or whatever with <laughs> like my brother and like steal from you. Um, I don't know. They sold them for $2,000. Uh, a few days later, they returned to see the $800 emerald they'd sold uh, set into a ring for $24,000. And Errol claims that this was a key lesson for Elon on how retail works. Um, I don't know if that's the lesson Elon took out of it, but it's a wild thing to have in your childhood. I mean, my mom taught me the same lesson about money one time because, like, um, it was like it was in Odessa and I had like a broken arm and she was like, Hey, you should go and stand in line for chickens and maybe they'll let you go to the front to get a chicken because, um, your arm's broken. It's totally the same thing, right? It's the same story (laughs) as, as this Emerald story, (laughs) right? Yeah. Just like a cool, valuable lesson where you realize you just let go of an Emerald that was like accidentally worth over $25,000. Pretty similar. I think still learning about value of money, right? Still learning. I mean, we all have a version of that lesson, right? For most of us, it's not emeralds. It's like we scratch the car and dad Dude, lets us know. he's the most unrelatable person of all time, other than the abuse. I mean, just the, the rich parts are hilarious sounding. The emerald parts yeah. are just driving me. I, I mean, yeah, it's just like it's just a rich kid story. Yeah. Uh, so Elon Musk... Um, yeah, it's weird because, like, he both definitely benefited from all this financial security. He also, like, pretty regularly, you can find a lot of interviews where he is, like, either at tears or at the point of tears talking about his dad. Like, he's clearly really fucked up about his issues with his dad. And you you get the feeling that it makes sense. Like, his dad fucking killed three people. Like, who the fuck knows what was going on in that house? Um, he also endured a lot of physical abuse at the hands of his classmates. Musk spent eighth, ninth grade at Bryanston High School, uh, where one particular set of bullies decided to go after him. He later recalled, quote, I was basically hiding from this gang that was fucking hunting me down for God knows fucking why. I think I accidentally bumped this guy at assembly that morning and he'd taken some huge offense at that. Later that day, while Elon was eating uh, lunch, this kid snuck up on him and kicked him in the head and then shoved him down the stairs. When Elon reached the bottom, a bunch of boys gathered around him and started kicking him while the first bully slammed his head into the ground. He eventually blacked out. Elon had to go to the hospital and he was out of school for a week. Uh, he had to get a nose job as an adult to correct the damage done to him during this beating. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Like, that's beyond normal bullying, I'd say. Yeah, that's real fucked up. Yeah. And the beatings continued. Um, a few years later, Musk claims that the same group of boys found out that Elon had finally made a friend, which was not a normal thing for Elon to have. Uh, and they beat this kid up until he agreed to stop being Elon's friend. Um, he also claimed that they got this kid who he describes as my best fucking friend to, quote, lure me out of hiding so they could beat me up. And that fucking hurt. Uh, which, yeah, obviously it did. That's pretty bad. I also really feel bad for that kid. Yeah, that like, sucks for that kid. friend Elon Musk and you're being nice and then someone's like, no good deed goes unpunished, ha ha. Yeah. And you're fucking dead. Not dead, but you know, that that's that's really a lot. That's punishing kindness on like either end. A lot of harm was done to the world as a result of these bullies. Um, How yep. old is he? He's like fucking 15, 16 at this point. 
So he's already in high school. Yeah, yeah. And things got a little better for him when he was like 16. He started going to Pretoria Boys School, which is a ludicrously expensive all-white prep school. Um, And he spent the last bit of his high school there. He didn't really shine academically. He wasn't a great student, but he wasn't bad. Um, He distinguished himself with his extracurricular activities, which were primarily building very dangerous homemade rockets out of explosives that he gathered himself. Uh, He still regards the fact that he didn't lose any fingers as something of a miracle. The relatively few class mates Elon was friendly with do recall him being obsessed with space travel and solar power from an early age. Both of those stances were odd in South Africa. He talked a lot about the need for humanity to colonize other planets and the fundamental stupidity of fossil fuels. While Elon did not have great grades, his talent with computers was enough to get him into a special programming class where, in 1984, he programmed a video game. It was based around defending the Earth from powerful aliens. Elon graduated at age 17. He attended the University of Pretoria for five months before fucking off from South Africa forever to take advantage of his family history and move to Canada. And by the way, if we're going to talk about take a look at Elon Musk's privilege, the fact that his grandfather was a Canadian citizen uh, and how that benefited him is actually more meaningful um, than the apartheid stuff. And in fact, it very likely it's very likely that Musk left South Africa in part to avoid his mandatory conscription and period of service in the South African military. There was no other reason for him to go to the University of Pretoria for five months but to avoid getting drafted and spending time in the military, which is like a good thing. Avoiding serving in an apartheid military is like a like a that's what you want people who might get drafted by an apartheid military to do is is not. Right. I mean, not just apartheid military, but especially, yeah. My cousin um, in Ukraine, like my aunt, wanted to make sure that her and him moved out um, before he was of age to get drafted in the army. It's like it's a real concern. People don't. Yeah, I've I've had some Israeli friends who did the same thing. And in fact, one guy who I hung out with a lot in India who like can never go back because he like skipped out on the draft. Uh, yeah yeah and that's a good thing to do it's a good thing that he did uh so good on you elon for not serving in an apartheid military but the bad thing he did we'll talk about that at the end of this this first part here um so uh he arrived in canada in june of 1989 uh and when he landed he had a handful of phone numbers from family members he'd never met he called people and eventually found a second cousin in a small town 1900 miles from where he landed who was willing to put elon up for a while so he took a bus and he hitched a ride to that guy's house this is a big part of elon's preferred version of his story that he landed penniless in canada and hitchhiked around with a backpack until he managed to put together enough odd work to keep himself fed and develop the idea for his first business parts of that are true but what Elon always neglects to mention, and what his biographer allows him to neglect to mention, is the financial privilege he enjoyed. One gets the feeling, reading Errol's interviews, that Elon had access to the cash that he needed if his efforts collapsed. Um, And he was privileged enough to afford the plane ticket and enough cash to survive for at least the first few months that he was in Canada, albeit frugally. Errol absolutely would have bailed his son out if Elon had needed it, and while that would have, you know, enacted a psychological price on Elon, and I don't want to discount that psychological price, it was not the kind of bohemian period he really depicts it at. He had a safety net. More people should be honest about that kind of stuff because building that myth of like, oh, as an artist, this is how I did it. I didn't have anything special. I just went out and risked my dreams. Like so frequently find out we find out that these people either had either had connections or a financial like security net. It's a totally different thing to go out on your own and pursue something when you know that if you fail, 
you might go on the street. It's not to say that there's no risk involved, period. Yes. But I think we yes. should... We should stop making mythologizing this kind of stuff because then I think all the really uh, crazy things that have to come together for someone to make it to make their dreams come true. It doesn't just have to do with talent. It's like a million other things. And people that are born into privilege have like such a leg up. Yeah, and we'll, we will be talking about that more particularly in part two when it gets even more relevant. Elon spent a brief period of time after this doing working class gigs, uh, the worst of which was probably cleaning out the boiler room of a lumber mill. Uh, he took this job because although it required him to wear a hazmat suit, it was the highest paid entry level job around. Uh, 30 people started with him at the beginning of his first week. By the end of it, he was one of three who remained. For the next few months, Elon bummed around Canada taking odd gigs, saving money, staying with family, and figuring out what the fuck to do with his life. His brother Kimball eventually followed him over. Elon enrolled at the Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario in late 1989, a university that he had picked out because it had more hot chicks than the other school he was considering. Noise, Kimball! Noise! Yeah, I mean, I was 18, and that's pretty normal decision-making. Doesn't make it good, but it isn't weird. (laughs) Like... I think what's really weird is the idea that like a particular area has hotter people than another area and making your decisions based on that as if like that's some kind of. It's not good, but it is <laughs> male. Like it's not <laughs> yeah. good science is just like dick yeah. science. You know what I yeah. mean? It, like doesn't make any sense. But when you're hard, you're like, yeah, no, that makes all the sense. No, yeah. You go with like school with all the hot chicks. Yeah. Oh, just, oh, yeah I'm going to fucking follow this chub, this fucking yeah. boner. That's how you do it. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, So according to Musk's biography, quote, outside of his studies, Elon would read the newspaper alongside Kimball, and the two of them would identify interesting people that they would like to meet. They then took turns cold calling these people to ask if they were available to have lunch. Among the harassed was the head of marketing for the Toronto Blue Jays baseball team, a business writer for the Globe and Mail, and a top executive at the Bank of Nova Scotia, Peter Nicholson. Nicholson remembered the boys' call well. I was not in the habit of getting out of the blue requests, he said. I was perfectly prepared to have lunch with a couple of kids that had that kind of gumption. It took six months to get on Nicholson's calendar, but sure enough, the Musk brothers made the three-hour train ride and showed up on time. Nicholson's first exposure to the Musk brothers left him with an impression many would share. Both presented themselves well and were polite. Elon, though, clearly came off as the geekier, more awkward counterpoint to the charismatic, personable Kimball. I became more impressed and fascinated as I talked to them, Nicholson said. They were so determined. Nicholson ended up offering Elon a summer internship at at the bank and became his trusted advisor. Keep that in mind, too, because Elon shit-talks this guy later uh, for no good reason. Um, but yeah, uh, that's neat, I guess. Like, it, it does, like, it, and th- this actually kind of gets to what you're saying. I like about knowing the, that Kibble's the charismatic one. He definitely is. Uh, not a high bar, but um, this does get to, like, another thing in talking about, like, the nature of privilege, because I'm sure Elon thinks about that as an example of, like, how he went out and seized life and didn't benefit from privilege. But, like, there's a privilege in knowing how to talk to rich, fancy business people because you grew up in that world and you do understand what they expect and are impressed by. Um, like, it, it's a kind of privilege that not everybody grows up getting. Like, the fact like, – and that's the thing that, like, even though his dad didn't make that connection for him, his background and upbringing – helped him make that connection and that is kind of a a a level of privilege we don't talk about as much as we ought to because it is a little bit less obvious um yeah i think uh any kind of i think it's very easy for someone 
that's grown up around a certain way of being to not understand that other people don't have don't have that access. It's like that whole thing with, uh, you know, um, fish not noticing that they're in water or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? It's um, it's that like common um, metaphor that people use about how privilege uh, how it is to be grow up in privilege that someone needs to point out to you what it is that you have that you've always just taken for granted like air like you like you just don't you don't process it as being anything that um is unique you think everybody has this as opposed to oh actually i'm in a very small percentage of people that have this security or this access or this whatever yeah you got it right uh, so during his time at Queens, Elon met a young woman named Justine Wilson. They would later end up marrying, but at the time, Elon was interested in another young woman, Christy, who recalls that when they met, quote, I believe the second sentence out of his mouth was, I think a lot about electric cars, um, which <laughs> gives you an idea about this guy's game. Um, he also Hot. told her that he, yeah, he was frustrated by the fact that he, ne- uh, he needed to eat. He didn't like that he had to eat food. And if possible, he would prefer to get his nutrients without wasting time. Um, which is very much a prediction of Soylent culture. So thank you for that, Elon. Um... Now, while things didn't work out with Christy, Musk wound up building something of a relationship with Justine. He considered her, quote, the hot chick on campus, and he hit on her relentlessly. After his, uh, just as his father had done with his mother. I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. Father like son. Mm-hmm. Uh, she initially agreed to an ice cream date, but broke the plans off with him via post-it note, which dudes should recognize as a sign that shit ain't happening. But Elon did not do that. Uh, instead, he found Justine's best friend, talked to her to figure out where Justine usually studied and what her favorite ice cream flavor was. And then he showed up there later with ice cream to force the date into happening. Um, it's the sort of story that like different groups of people will either see as romantic or a big old pile of red flags, uh, depending on who does the telling and who does the listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like... Uh we've all heard the story where that ends really well, but we've also heard way more stories where that does not end very well. (laughs) Yeah. And it definitely like, obviously they get divorced and it was not a pleasant divorce, so it doesn't end well. So Ashley Vance, his biographer seems to think that like view this as kind of romantic. Um, but her write up is still pretty unsettling. Quote, Wilson had dreamed of having a torrid romance with a writer. I wanted to be Sylvia and Ted, she said. What she fell for instead was a relentless, ambitious geek. The pair attended the same abnormal psychology class and compared their grades following an exam. Justine notched a 97, Muska 98. He went back to the professor and talked his way into the two points he lost and got 100, Justine said. It felt like we were always competing. Musk had a romantic side as well. One time he sent Wilson a dozen roses, each with its own note. He also gifted Wilson a copy of The Prophet filled with handwritten romantic musings. He can sweep you off your feet, Justine said. The Prophet thing does not sound romantic. Yeah, I mean, she's like a writer. It was to her, I guess. Like, I don't know. It it, it all sounds kind of weird to me, too, but it clearly eventually worked. Uh, I don't understand what that means with romantic musing notes musings yeah. as notes in the margins what does that even mean i think it means that he like wrote uh romantic stuff about how the poems in the or the how the prophet made him think of her and stuff i'm guessing like, like a little asterisk and like this reminds me of your pussy yeah 
Yeah, yeah, that's probably, I'm sure that's what was each of the notes. It was just a book filled with marginalia that was like, this line reminds me of your pussy. This line also <laughs> reminds me of your pussy. Like, now I, mean, I get it. it. Yeah. Now I yeah. get it. He is charming. It's yeah. true. I, it, it worked. Um, yeah, the two dated on and off throughout college. Justine had a lot of options for guys to pursue, and she didn't really seem to feel the need to just stick with just Elon. Uh, meanwhile, Elon was somewhat fanatic about pursuing her to stay uh, in her orbit. Uh, Justine later recalled, quote, he would call very Consistently. You always knew it was Elon because the phone would never stop ringing. The man does not take no for an answer. You can't blow him off. I do think of him as the Terminator. He locks his gaze onto something and says, it shall be mine. Bit by bit, he won me over. Oh my God, that is so creepy. It's not, it, it doesn't sound great. And again, though, yeah, it's weird because like, it's like, what is that a description of your favorite husband yeah. or your favorite rapist? Like, what? He's definitely not her favorite husband. Um, but it also worked on her at some point. I don't know. It's like, it's it it's it, not a great story. It definitely hints at a guy who um isn't going to be great at having a healthy relationship, which he wasn't. Also, yeah. it just sounds like love bombing. Like, yes. This is what he does to get you, just blinds you and bludgeons you with his love. And then once he has you, he's like, all right, now that this is on lockdown, I'm just going to ignore you later. Yeah. Uh, it it's it's a lot of things. Uh, Elon was well known during this period for being the kind of dude who didn't really drink or party. He mostly focused on academics, studied business, competed in speech and debate, and pined after a hot girl who was only vaguely interested in him. In 1992, after two years at Queens, Elon achieved his dream of shimmying into the United States by transferring to the University of Pennsylvania on a scholarship. His goal was to get a dual degree in economics from the Wharton School and a bachelor's in physics. Musk did well at Penn and made some of his first real friends based on shared interests. He was happy during this period of time. You might think that this would have instilled in him a deep sympathy for non-U.S. citizens attempting to move to this country to start a life. The truth is less clear and a lot uglier. In 2017, the newly installed Trump administration formed an economic advisory council. Elon Musk was invited to join, and he chose to do so. The Trump administration then went on to push for, push for substantial and vicious restrictions on immigration, including immigration from countries undergoing severe domestic strife, which blocked out students who, like Musk, might have sought an escape from serving in their nation's repressive military by seeking a foreign education. Thanks to Stephen Miller, Trump's senior advisor, the White House actually spent months attempting to stop students in the U.S. illegally from uh, even attending public schools. The administration also attempted to restrict the issuance of H-1B visas, and Musk was silent during this period. He remained on the council when Trump attempted to pass his immigration ban on people from Muslim-majority nations. Elon did tweet this at the time. Regarding government policy, there are often things that happen that many people don't agree with. This is normal for a functioning democracy. The Muslim immigration ban is not right. They rarely warrant a public statement. However, the ban on Muslim immigrants from certain countries rises to this level. It is not right. The Muslim immigration ban is not right, which is a very unequivocal uh, public statement. However, he deleted those tweets almost immediately uh, and replaced them with the more milquetoast statement. The blanket ba- entry ban on citizens from certain primarily Muslim countries is not the best way to address the country's challenges, which is kind of uh, shitty uh, and cowardly. Yeah. Musk remained on the Economic Advisory Council until in June of 2017, the president withdrew the United States from the Paris Climate Accords. This prompted Musk's very public withdrawal from the council. It is interesting where he chose to draw the line with President Trump and our current fascist adjacent administration. And that's where we're going to end for part one. 
boy, I think that um, probably the Elon Musk lovers are going to come for me, huh? Yeah, it's weird. I wonder if they're going to, like, by all rights, they should come for me mostly because I wrote the 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 giant thing about him. Yeah, but um, well, no, a woman, he, so she'll yep. get it. She'll get it worse. But not just that. They're not going to think that I'm just like out here just saying whatever as a comedian. They're going to be like, Robert was trying to be objective and that bitch wouldn't have it. I mean, yeah. Just happy I, to be here. That's all. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, that part is lame. I mean, you know. Elon Musk, more like Elon. I have a great transition before you just malfunction all the way. Okay, what's that? So my album, my stand-up album, Father's Day, comes out on June 24th, which is Father's Day. And if uh, you've been like, she seems like she doesn't have a dad. She's real down on Elon for being a bad dad. You are right. I don't have a dad. So if you want to hear more about that. You will love my album, Father's Day. Mm -hmm. And if you want to stop having a dad, that's also an option if you choose to. Don't know where you're going with that one. I I, I don't know either. Yeah, that was like Uh, a a start to like, what, like, are you going to tell me how to divorce my parents? Where is this going? Yeah, what's happening here? I mean, I I am lawyer adjacent um and i do pro bono work helping children divorce from their parents yes i do that but that uh, is my job now this is not that is not your job not your no uh and you can also listen to sophia's podcast you can listen to sophia's Um, podcast i have a podcast about 90 day fiance with miles gray from the daily zeitgeist it's called 420 day fiance it's really hell yeah and I also have a podcast about love and sex around the world called Private Parts Unknown uh, with oh. Courtney Kosak. So check that out. Man, it's wild that you do a pot podcast and don't like Elon Musk because he totally smoked that blunt on Joe Rogan's show, even though he has denied people workers' compensation claims because they tested positive, or his companies have denied people claims because they tested positive for marijuana. Right, That's, but he looked like he didn't why don't know you how like to him? smoke weed, and he definitely didn't inhale. No, he looked so cool with his blunt. <laughs> with the, he looked so cool doing the thing that he will fire and deny people compensation due to them for indulging in even though it's fine for him even though it shouldn't be anyways fuck that different rules for billionaires you know Mm -hmm. it's just different world for them yeah he was pretty cool to joe to relatable hundred million dollar worth joe anyway the episode all right guys that was really fun find me the sophia s-o-f-i-y-a bye This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.